return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Tonight, I want to welcome Isaac Tafur up. Oh, if you want to give, giving station in the back as well. But let's welcome Isaac as he comes to minister. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we bow our head for a word of prayer? We are grateful, our most high God, for tonight. We thank you for your presence in this place. We pray and we commit our hearts, our bodies, and our souls unto you, O Lord. It's our prayer that may you feed us with your word. Let your word transform our lives. Let your word equip us. Let our lives not be the same again. May you use me as a conduit, O God, and bless your people tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. We give glory to God for, for today and for tonight. And this morning we had a very powerful word from Pastor Randin. Very powerful. God bless you. And we would like to also bless the entire pastorate for the opportunities they give to us. So tonight I'm here to encourage us with the word of God. And our message is titled, My Grace is Sufficient. So we are in perilous times. We are in difficult times, and so many things are happening in this world. And according to scripture, the Bible says that in the last days, many shall fall away. And we are beginning to experience it. And most of the time, it is not sin that normally pulls people away from the presence of God or from God. But most of the time, the enemy deceives people because of their persecutions and trials and difficulties they are going through they tend to look back. But it's my prayer that we'll be encouraged tonight. Hallelujah. So God is saying to us tonight that his grace is sufficient for us. So Paul always encouraged the church. In the book of 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul said that, Therefore, encourage one another. Let each one of you help each other, even as the day approaches. So so nowadays, I tell myself I'll encourage more, because the day of the Lord is approaching. So we'll take our scripture reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So, unless I shall be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times, that it might depart from me. The verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. <laughs> Amen. So, this is Paul you know, talking to the church in Corinth. And we all know, you know, Paul. Bible, Bible talks about how, how ruthless he was and how he persecuted the church. 
And by the grace of God, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that someone who was a persecutor then became an apostle. And, and when you read scriptures, you realize that Paul did a lot of work for the Lord. In the, in the New Testament, he has a lot of books he wrote. And when you look at his work, you realize that mostly he was reaching out to the Gentiles. And he was able to win so many souls for the kingdom of God. Not only did he win souls, he also won big fishes. Because when you read scriptures, the Bible talks about a, 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 man, a man called um, Sergius Paulus. Bible says that he was a renowned man. He was a big man. He was a proconsul. But through the ministration of Paul, he was one for Christ. So he did great exploits for the Lord. And when you look at his ministry, his ministry was also you know, characterized by signs and wonders. So he was able to disarm the works of the enemy. There were times he went to places where a young lady who was possessed by the enemy and was being used by people to make money. But you see, by the power of the Holy Ghost work at work in, in, in Paul, he was able to rebuke this demon that was working in the lady. And then the men could not get, any, they could not get money any longer because, you know, that demon-infested lady had been saved. There was a time when he was preaching to Sergius Paulus. Bible says that in that city, Samaria, there was, there was this man called by Jesus. He was called Elimas. And, and he was a sorcerer. And all that he was doing was to divert people's attention from God. And Bible said that as he ministered the word of God, Paul realized that this man was trying to draw away the attention of this authority from receiving Christ. And Bible said that he was versed in his spirit and he rebuked him. So you realize that Paul, you know, did great job for the Lord. Indeed, he was a Christian. And... And you realize that when you read the scriptures that unfold before what we just read, the Bible said that he was so much anointed that he began to receive revelations from the Lord. So many revelations, deep things of God. I pray that God draws us to that level. That, that we'll be so close to him, that we'll be so anointed by him, that he'll begin to reveal things unto us. So when he was making this statement, he was saying that because of these great revelations that God you know, has given to me, now, it was given to, there was given to me a messenger of the enemy who was buffeting me. So because of his exploits, because he was a child of God, he suffered persecutions. So it is, it is not wrong as a child of God to go through persecutions. Because when you read scriptures, Paul himself was actually admonishing Timothy in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, that anybody who wants to live a godly life will suffer persecution. So... Because we have given our lives to Christ, because we are called Christians, because we have availed ourselves to be translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, we have become partners and friends with Christ, and so we have become enemies to the devil. And that is why there are so many persecutions, that is why there are so many trials the enemy brings our way. All that he's just trying to do is that we lose our faith in God. So last time I was saying that the enemy does not come to us to rid us off of our early goods. He's not really interested in that money you have in the bank. He's not really interested in, you know, that, that, that nice wife you have, that, that, that wonderful husband you have, that, that great thing that you have, that precious thing that you, you, you so much cherish. He's actually after your faith because he knows that once your faith is overcome, you are overcome. When you read the word of God in the book of First John chapter 5, verse 4, the Bible says that everyone who is born of God, you know, has overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So it means that as children of God, 
Our faith is so much valuable. Our faith is so much crucial that it becomes the target of the enemy. So there is no, no, Bible makes us understand the book of Ephesians that the enemy wanting to take away our faith, Bible says that he throws so many things at us. In the book of Ephesians, Bible calls it the fiery dart of the enemy. So we are like targets, like bull's eye, and he's just throwing things at us just because of our faith. But it is our prayer that tonight our faith will not fail. It is our prayer that tonight we'll still stand firm for the Lord. So when you read this scripture and you go down in the verse 10, it was talking about the kind of afflictions and the challenges and the difficulties Paul was going through. At a point in time, he suffered from, you know, persecutions, from distress. You know, when you read further in other books, Bible says that he was even shipwrecked three times. He went through so many challenges and so many difficulties just because of his faith. And thanks be to God that he was able to stand. Because Bible says that when he was nearing the end of his ministry, he said, I have fought a good fight. He said, I have run the race. He said, I have kept the faith. It is my prayer that will run the good race. It is my prayer that will fight the good fight. It is my prayer that the enemy will not take our faith from us. Hallelujah. So when you read scripture, Bible said that Paul was given a thorn in the flesh because of the abundance of the revelations he received. And it is said that because he should not be exalted above measure. And, and I, I have a different school of thought from what people talk about. Because most of the time, people say that just because of how anointed he was, just because of how blessed he was, just because of how God was really using him, God saw in him that there would be a time he would be so proud of himself, so he brought this enemy to buffet him. And, 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 and if we believe this, it, it makes us not appreciate the God we serve. We serve a good God. Amen. So I, I, I come from a different school of thought. And, and one thing I'm saying is that if somebody is exalted above measure, it has so many you know, meanings. It has so many explanations. The book of First Peter chapter 5, verse 6. The Bible says that, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So God himself can even exalt you. God can, himself can even exalt you. And, and those who submit themselves to the Lord, those who humble themselves to the Lord, God exalts them. So I, I don't believe that God wanted to harm him in any way. And, and, and when you read the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9, the Bible tells about Jesus Christ humbling himself. And, and because of that, God actually exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name. Hallelujah. So exaltation is a reward for submission. Exaltation is a reward for staying under the feet of the law. So I don't believe that he was buffeted because of pride. But you see, when you read, when you read further, the Bible talks about the thorn in the flesh and, and try to explain what the thorn in the flesh was. It says that a messenger of Satan, meaning that it is not from the Lord. So, so don't fall for that deceit. Don't fall for that deception that is, that is all over. And it is becoming so strong that a lot of people are, are falling from their faith just because they are being told that it is God who is the reason for your plight or for your woes. So, so many times believers, you know, start working with the Lord and then they begin to face challenges and they become, they become so hard on God. Why have I done all these things and you are buffeting me? But I believe that God is a good God. Hallelujah. God is a good God. So many are falling. Bible makes us understand in James chapter 1 verse 17 that every good and perfect gift comes from God. 
Hallelujah. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So God is actually a giver of good things. And he blesses his children who are faithful to him. He does not rather, you know, buffet them. Now, there are so many people who are saying that if indeed our God is good, why are people struggling? If indeed there's even a God in this world, why are people going through so many challenges? Why are people becoming disappointed all over? Why are things not working out as it's supposed to work out? I was reading a book and it was talking about a story of a client who visited a barber for a haircut. So, whilst he was having his haircut, they, they were, you know, talking, they were having conversation, and it was so, they, all, they were interested in the conversation until the client started to change the direction of the conversation. And then he asked him, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? And then all of a sudden, the barber who was so much happy, who was so much, you know, in a good mood, had his mood switched because he doesn't even want to hear about Jesus. We can talk about everything, we can discuss everything, but don't talk about God. Don't talk about Jesus. I don't believe in that stuff. And then he, the, the client asked the Baba, why do you think, why do you say so? Why do you think there is no God? And he said, you people say you have a God. Why is it that people are struggling? Why is it that the world is not becoming a better place? If indeed God created the world, he should make the world a better place. Far more than a Christian who has worked with God and accepted God and is going through trials, persecutions, and challenges and difficulties. So I don't believe in this God you are talking about. So the client, not wanting to engage in an argument with the barber, decided to keep quiet. And after his haircut, he just stepped out. Now when he was stepping out, he, when he stepped out, he saw a man who, was, who had a ragged-looking posture. The beard was so much, the hair was... All over the place, the dress was in tatters, and, and then the Spirit of God dawned in him a message. And then he quickly entered the barber shop. And he also told the barber, I don't believe there is any barber. And then the barber was like, what do you mean? You just came here and I, I, I gave you a good shape. Why, why are you saying there is no barber? And he said that if there is, in, if there is indeed barbers in this world, people will not have bushy hair. People will not have, you know, big beards. And then the Baba was astonished. And he said, oh, it is because those people haven't come to my shop or gone to any Baba for the Baba to give them a clean shape. And he said, that is the same way with what we're discussing. It is because people are failing to come to the Lord. It is because people are failing to devote themselves to God, they are not experiencing the power of God. But tonight, I don't know what you are going through, but because you are called a child of God, I pray that may the grace of the Lord be sufficient unto you. May the grace of God abound for you and lift you from the perils and the challenges and the difficulties you are going through. There is so much grace in God. Hallelujah. And he's able to lift burdens and lift challenges. So he told him that it, it, it answers my, the question you asked me. There is a God. And he's full of grace. And he's not going to turn anybody who comes to him. And he began to tell him about the Lord. Now the guy had no other questions to ask. And it... He was just hoping that that person gives him, that the Baba gives himself to Christ. Hallelujah. So indeed we serve a God. The reason why I also don't believe in that school of thought that it was God who was buffeting him is because exaltation can also come from God, like I said. In the book of Joshua chapter 3 verse 7, you know, we see something, something in Joshua chapter 3 verse 7. When, when Joshua took over the mantle from, from Moses, you know, and Bible says that they were crossing the Jordan River. You know, God gave him directives. 
And, and, and one of the things God told him was that he's going to do a marvelous sign, a marvelous wonder in the eyes of the Israelites. And from that time onwards, he is going to be exalted in the eyes of the Israelites. Last time I was talking about the fact that because of the exploits of Moses, Joshua seemed to be like a dwarf, a miniature, because Moses did great things. In terms of age, Moses was ahead. In terms of experience, in terms of signs and wonders, he had a lot of, you know, testimonies. And the people of Israel actually believed in him and they loved him. And after his departure, this young gentleman has filled in the shoes. And will he be able to replicate these wonders we saw in the time of, of, of Moses? But God wanted to tell the people that indeed he was with Joshua. So Bible says that after he gave the directive, he said that when you are ready, consecrate yourself and let the, let the Levites and the priests carry the Ark of the Covenant, and when they step in the Jordan, the Jordan will be parted and the people of Israel can walk through. And, and, and the Lord said that, and the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. So, so God, will not, God will not just think that someone is going to be self-conceited or someone is going to be so proud and because of that he's going to buffet the person. So sometimes people believe that, oh, what you are going through is God, sometimes God's own way of, you know, keeping you from falling so that you always be depending on him. God is sovereign. He can, but we believe that he's a good God. Hallelujah. Amen. We believe that he's a good God. And in the book of Acts chapter 5, verse 12 to 13, we still see God in the New Testament when you read the, the, the Acts of the Apostles. The Bible says that through the hands of these apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people highly esteemed them. When you read other versions, it says that the, the, the apostles, because of the signs of, and wonders, they were highly exalted in the eyes of the people. Hallelujah. So, so, so it is not because Paul is going to be exalted. That is why God will buffet him. But I think and I, I know that it is because the enemy sees the ministry of Paul progressing and many are coming to the light of Christ so he doesn't want Paul to be exalted in the eyes of the people. He doesn't want God to, you know, the people to see the power of God in the life of, 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 in the life of Paul. And that was why this, this, this turn in the flesh was given to him. And the verse 7, the Bible says that the messenger of Satan, it actually gives what the turn in the flesh is. He said that I was given a turn in the flesh. And it gives a semicolon, a messenger of Satan. It tells you where it is coming from. Hallelujah. So let no one deceive you that God is a source of your being. Let no one deceive you that why don't you... So many, many people are leaving God. In fact, maybe it may not be America, but from where we are coming from and what we are hearing, people are actually falling away from their faith just because of challenges, just because of difficulties. And that is why God is saying that no matter what you are going through, His grace is sufficient for you. And his strength will be made perfect in your weakness. So Paul actually went through a lot. And when you look at the thorn in the flesh, that demon, that Satan that was given to him, Bible says that it buffeted him. And, and buffeting is just like, like how the waves, you know, of the sea hits, hits the shore, goes back and hits the, the shore. It goes and comes. And that is how sometimes we feel in our predicaments, in our challenges, in our difficulties. It's like it's with us. It is, it is worrying us. You know, it is piercing us. 
It is not making us, you know, happy. It is not making us enjoy the salvation we have. But there is also a great package in this salvation. The grace of God, it brings healing. It brings grace. It brings so much things for us. Hallelujah. So, so that, is what I, that is what I see in the, in the story of, of Paul. And, and we, see, we see the kind of afflictions he went through. Bible said that in the book of Acts chapter 14, that there was even a point he was stoned. And they all thought he was even dead. And the following day, he just woke up and went back to share the word of God. It is my prayer that the Lord will heal you. It is my prayer that the Lord will revive you. It is my prayer that every thorn in your flesh will be taken away so that you will be refreshed again to live for the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and, and at a point, Bible said that he was stripped. They, they actually caned him. Bible said that 40 but 1, meaning that he was given 39 strokes. There was at a point in time that he was shipwrecked. There was a point in time that even robbers stole his assets. Yeah. Hallelujah. And, and that is, that is the, the daily challenge of a believer. Just because our, we have revealed our faces that we are for Christ. Just because we have taken a stance for God. We have become, we have become the wrath of the enemy. And that is the persecutions and the challenges we are going through. But there is hope for us. Hallelujah. The grace of God is sufficient. So upon all these things, Paul seeing these challenges and difficulties, the Bible said that he petitioned the Lord. He sought the face of the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. The Bible said, I said, for this... I sought the face of God three times on this issue. And Bible says that he said that my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Tonight, I don't know the challenge you are going through. Tonight, I don't know the difficulty you are going through. You may be watching me from Facebook. You may be in another country. But you are faced with challenges. You are faced with predicaments. You are faced with maybe a sickness. Maybe a challenge. A financial burden. A problem that is not making your work with God smooth for you. But I want to tell you that the grace of God is sufficient for you. It may be pain, it may be rejection, you may be facing anxiety, you may be going through depression. It is not from God. Hallelujah. It is the work of the enemy to contend with your faith. But there is grace in the Lord. Hallelujah. His grace is sufficient for, for us. His grace is, is abundant to heal. His grace is abundant to bless. His grace is abundant to revive us. His grace is abundant to give us hope in the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and, and one good thing is that when we actually receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we already receive grace. Hallelujah. So even as you are seated here in the house of, God, of the Lord, there is so much grace in you. There is so much abundant grace flowing from Christ into your life. Hallelujah. And the and, and Bible says that may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. So there is, there is grace, so much grace in Jesus. There is grace to overturn the challenge. There is grace to overturn the difficulty, the burden, and the pain. We just have to look unto God. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that Paul looked unto Jesus. He prayed unto God. And God said that his grace was sufficient for him. And, and one thing about grace is that we also receive grace, or grace is made accessible to us when we come to the presence of God. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, he said that, Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help us in times of need. Tonight, what is your need? Tonight, what is your challenge? Tonight, what is your burden? Tonight, what is the difficulty you are going through? Tonight, what is, what is the thorn in, the, in your flesh? What is that thorn in your flesh? Tonight, we are in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And I believe that there is so much grace in this place. 
There is so much grace that is healing. There is so much grace that is restoring. There is so much grace that is blessing us. There is so much grace that is transforming our situations just because we have come to the throne room of God. We are in the presence of the Lord and there is so much grace abundant. Hallelujah. It is my prayer that tonight, if you are sick, tonight, if you are burdened, may you leave this place transformed just because the grace of God is abundant. So there is so much grace in the Lord. Hallelujah. And, 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 and when he said that my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. So the, 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 more or less the grace of God is actually the strength of God, the power of God to lift things. Hallelujah. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, he said that according as his divine power has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness. You know, when you read other scriptures, Bible talks about my strength is made perfect in your weakness as my power is made perfect in your weakness. So it's actually the divine power of the Lord. It is actually the divine power of the Lord. And it is, it is, it is able to sort out issues that pertains to life and godliness. So tonight, maybe your thorn in the flesh is sin you are battling with. Maybe it is something you want to really come out from. It is an addiction that is contrary to the, the, the things of God that you are actually battling with. Tonight, I want to tell you that the grace of God is so much abundant that it can sort out things that pertains to godliness. Hallelujah. In the, in, the, in the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 11, Bible says that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Let's read the verse 12. So the verse 12, it, it teaches us that deny ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. And when you, when you read down, it also talks about the fact that as we wait for the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. So when God's grace is abandoned, when God's grace is received, it even tells us, it teaches us to say no to sin. So if you are struggling with sin, if you are battling with iniquity, if you are battling with anything that is, you know, battling with your Christian walk, God's grace is abundant to lift it off. Don't be too hard upon yourself. There are so many people who have been condemned by other Christians just because of the situation they find themselves in and they have lost their faith. But there is grace in our Lord Jesus Christ. And, 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 and this grace is also able to sort things that pertains to life. Tonight, what is your life need? Tonight, what is your challenge? The grace of God is so much abundant. And it is able to meet us even at the point of need. I don't know what you are going through tonight. But tonight, the message that God gave me is to encourage. That let's stay under the feet of God. Because there is so much grace in the Lord. There is so much grace. That is so much abundant to lift off the challenge that we face. God's grace is abundant. So, it is able to turn away the thorn in the flesh. So, Paul was able to stand because God's grace was sufficient for him. And he was able to say that he had fought the good fight he had run the race, and he has kept the faith. We need the grace of God to keep the faith. So I pray that tonight may the grace of God abound unto us. Tonight may the grace of God be so much intense in our lives. You know, one thing about the grace of God, sometimes we define it as the unmerited favor of the Lord. When we receive the grace of God, we receive unmerited favor. You know, Bible says that when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, the salutation he gave Mary is that the Lord be with you, you know, and, and you woman full of grace. Yeah. Some version says that highly favored of the Lord. Yeah. 
So, so grace is actually unmerited favor. So you see, for, for Mary, who was young, and she not coming from a good background, and, and, and she also being a virgin, to qualify to be the mother of the Savior, it is purely grace. So I pray that even if you lack favor, may this grace of God we are talking about be abandoned upon you. When the grace of God is flowing through your life, you cannot be rejected by men. When the grace of God is flowing through your life, you are, you are, you are made for signs and wonders. People would want to seek. People would want to find out. People would like to research their source, their cause of that greatness, that blessing, and they can't explain it because it is emanating from the throne room of God. Tonight, there is grace abandoned for us. It is my prayer that we will tap into this grace. Everywhere you are, just tap into the grace of God. The grace of God that brings healing. The grace of God that brings restoration. The grace of God that brings your merited favor of God. It is my prayer that it will rub over us. And as we bask in this grace of the Lord, we will stand for the Lord. So anywhere you are, just know that that thorn in the flesh can be ruled away by the grace of God. So God's grace is sufficient for us. Let's continue in this grace and our life shall never be the same again. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless his word tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I bow our heads for a word of prayer. We give you glory tonight, our most high God, for your word. We give you all the glory that you have good thoughts for us. You have good plans for us. It is your will that we prosper. It is your will that we live in good health. It is your will that all things will work together for our good. Thank you for letting us know the, the wiles of the enemy to deceive us from, from, from trusting you, to deceive us from hoping in you and having faith in you. We give you glory for this word. It is our prayer that your grace, O oh God, will abound even in our lives. It is our prayer that your grace, O oh God, will do miracles even in our lives. Tonight, your word has made us to understand that your grace is sufficient to sort out every issue that pertains to godliness and life. We pray in the name of Jesus that if there is anyone who is having a thorn in the flesh, any pain, any disease, any sickness, any challenge, any trial, that is, that is battling, that is, buff, that, that is battling his life, we pray in the name of Jesus that tonight may your grace abound even unto us. We pray that may the sick be healed. May their prayers be set free. May them that have been bound be loosed just because of your grace. This is our prayer that let us begin to walk with you on a deeper level. Let us begin to hold on to the faith, trusting in your grace, to, to, trusting in your grace to lead us through. We pray and we give you all the glory. We know that tonight, them that have given up now have hope in you because of your grace. We give you glory that our lives are not the same. In Jesus' name, amen. If anyone wants prayer, thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 692 4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.